0: Disclaimer, Canned Expression and its host, Rochelle Roy, only condone fully legal street art, performed through means operating entirely within the bounds of the law. The intent of this podcast is to teach more about the most interesting aspects of street art and the community to get more people involved in the activity in a legal, safe, and fun way. Street art should be practiced in a way which does not damage any private property and allows for you to express yourself in a non-destructive way. For more information, please check out your locality or municipality's regulations regarding public displays of art. Thank you. Now back to the episode. If there's one thing I stress a lot when it comes to street art, be it when talking with my friends, fellow artists, or just other members of the street art community, it's that it is by no means an inherently American art form. A lot of people associate it with this country because it has one of the most vibrant street art communities in the world, but there's more to this diverse and truly worldwide community than just one nation. This series takes an in-depth look at the various street art communities that exist all throughout the world, as we work to understand just a bit more about the distinct cultural, social, and political influences that drive the creation of both contemporary and historical street art throughout these communities. Today... For our second installment in our series Not Always Made in America, we're going to be taking a closer look at Hong Kong. I've always stressed that street art is fundamentally a protest art, and last year in late 2019, as Hong Kong civilians fled the street in protest of a police crackdown, we saw protest art accompany the protest. Let's learn a bit more in this special three part edition of Not Always Made in America. Welcome back to Canned Expression. My name's Rochelle Roy, and street art's not always made in America. So let's talk about Hong Kong. You are now listening to Canned Expression. Even before the protest movements, Hong Kong had an incredibly vibrant street art scene, in part much like India due to how the government has encouraged the practice— In fact, the Hong Kong Tourism Board even directly points out that many come to Hong Kong to participate in the robust street art and public art community. Public displays of art are often cooperatively organized by the community, often commissioning artists collectively, paid by every member in said community. Before we get into the specifics of Hong Kong street art, I'm just going to point out that in this three-part series, this part, the first part, we're going to get in a bit more into the historical context relevant to how the Hong Kong street art community has developed throughout the past two decades before parts two and three where we'll learn a little bit more about its more topical and recent protest-based applications. There are two forms of street art in Hong Kong, and it's a bit different than the US. First, and most popularly, there's the typical spray street art. Created with minimal tools, usually just spray paint and sometimes maybe a stencil, it's pretty much the exact same of what you see in America in terms of methods. Not necessarily in terms of style or message, but in terms of how the art is created, it's pretty similar to what you see in the US. But secondly, there's also calligraphy street art. It's not practiced in the US pretty much at all, but it's an incredibly prominent part of street art in Hong Kong. With the practice being pioneered by Seng Shou Choi, who goes by the nickname King of Kowloon, a reference to the fact that he's regarded as one of the founding members of the Kowloon street art community. Calligraphy street art has an entirely different aesthetic to the street art you've probably ever seen or heard of before. Artists trade out spray cans and stencils for ink brushes, which are used to inscribe words instead of images. Despite not adopting the same pictorial medium, it's still definitely street art. Calligraphy street art maintains the same themes associated with traditional forms of street art and often expresses the same degree of emotion, creativity, and even external criticism. Street art also serves a different role in society in Hong Kong. We've already covered how it's generally more accepted by communities who typically want public art in their area, but this general societal acceptance extends out to businesses. I know we've briefly talked about corporate street art in Europe and America in a previous episode of the podcast, but in Hong Kong, it's even more prevalent. In Yuman Square and Sham Shui Po, street art commissioned for corporate advertisements is incredibly common, and many companies in Hong Kong have working relationships with the most well-known street artists to constantly create new work for them. The reason I'm giving all of this context is because in order to understand exactly how street art plays a role in modern Hong Kong, especially during and post the 2019 protests, we need to understand what it meant before that. Now that we've covered that, tune into part two of this special edition of Not Always Made in America to learn more about protest art during the protests. With canned expression, I'm Rochelle Roy, and remember to keep spraying.